Good morning. Would you please stand for our first song? I will call upon the Lord. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Jesus Christ, he died for me, and he took away my sin. Souls will live with him for eternity. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of our salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be the rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. I will call upon the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. My name is Vaughn Harvey. Uh, I will be conducting the call to worship this morning. Uh, this is the 1030 uh, service for the Lowell Church of Christ. Welcome everyone. We are in person and we also broadcasting via Zoom. If you are participating in either of those fashions, once again, we welcome you and we're thankful that you were able to be uh, with us this morning. It's my prayer and my hope that something that is said will be edifying, encouraging, uplifting, but also something that you can pass on to others so that they may also learn and get to know the God we seek to serve. Would you bow with me as we begin our service in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, humble hearts, in humility, putting aside distractions and thoughts, things that might encumber our worship. Be with us. We're so thankful that you are. You as our honored guest, being present with us. We come together to worship you in spirit and in truth. For the members that are present, Heavenly Father, so thankful that we're able to gather once again to the visitors is my prayer that something that will be said will be encouraging and uplifting and if you do not know our great god something may be said that you may want to know him be with those that are sick 
or suffering in some way, Heavenly Father. Help us to be mindful and an encouragement to them. Be with the brothers that will be leading the service this morning. Be with our brother Cook. Help him to have a good recollection of the things that he studied, that the things that he has prepared will be encouraging and uplifting, but also challenging, Heavenly Father, to challenge us to grow closer to you and be greater models for your cause. Be with us as we proceed through the rest of this service. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. We, uh, there are one or two announcements as we proceed uh, this morning. Uh, if there is a request, uh, you are listening via Zoom, a uh, request that you have in terms of uh, anything you'd like to talk about in terms of spiritual matters. Uh, if there's, you'd like to put on the Lord in baptism, uh, you may contact the elders at laurelchurch.net. For those who are present, if there's something on your heart, you've been studying and you'd like to put on the Lord in baptism, this isn't the only time, but this is an acceptable time to step forward and make your request known. Be with us, Heavenly Father, as we continue in this service. Kevin. <clears throat> Would you please stand for this next song, Fairest Lord Jesus, number 137, and praise for the Lord. Fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature,
Jesus shines brighter, Jesus shines purer than all the angels heaven can boast. Beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations, Son of God and Son of Man, glory and honor, praise, adoration, now and forevermore be thine. As we continue through the service, uh, there are two additional announcements. Uh, one, uh, we have uh, those who would like to give. Uh, very often, many give through Elax Elaxio, but there are some who prefer to give other way, in another way, uh, directly. And so there is a box that has been placed for a contribution at the very back of the building, is bolted to the wall by the exit door. There is another one that hasn't been put up yet. So those who prefer by that method, it is now uh, clearly available. Uh, the second thing, we have a special presentation toward the end of the service, so we encourage you Please don't leave immediately when the service is beginning to end. Thank you, Brother Cole. Please remain standing. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus, glorious friend. He will be with me unto the end. Cheering, upholding, keeping me strong. Fearless and loyal, shielding from wrong. Wonderful Jesus, marvelous King. Ever his praise my spirit shall sing. When I behold his glorified face, how I shall praise his wonderful grace. Wonderful Jesus showing the way into the blessed kingdom of day. Guiding my footsteps, holding control. Making me happy, keeping me whole. Wonderful Jesus, marvelous King. Ever his praise my spirit shall sing. When I behold his glorified face. How I shall praise his wonderful grace. Wonderful Jesus, all through the night. He will enfold me, giving me light. And then when the morning breaks, 
lakes on the shore. This he will whisper, mine evermore. A wonderful Jesus, marvelous King, ever his praise, my spirit shall sing. When I behold his glorified face, how I shall praise his wonderful grace. Please be seated. <clears throat> Song before the Lord's Supper will be stricken, smitten, and afflicted. <clears throat> Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by man rejected. Yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Tis the long-expected prophet, David's son, yet David's Lord. By his son God now has spoken, tis the true and faithful word. Tell me ye who hear him groaning, was there ever grief like his? Friends through fear his cause disowning, foes insulting his distress. Many hands were raised to wound him, none would interpose to save. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that Jesus gave. Ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil grave, rightly hear its guilt may estimate mark the sacrifice appointed see who bears the awful tis the word the Lord's anointed Son of man and Son of God. Here we have a firm foundation. Here the refuge of the lost. Christ the rock of our salvation. 
Son, tis the name of which we boast. Lamb of God, for sinners wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded who on him their hope have built. Good morning, church. You know, there are so many distractions that are going on in our world today. Um, things from wars and this pandemic and so many other things. But God, he expects us to continue to stay focused on him. And we are given an opportunity on the first day of the week to commemorate the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I will be reading to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 23, and it reads, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how excellent is our name. Lord, we are so grateful that we have this avenue called prayer to come and communicate with you. We're so thankful that you allowed us to be on this side of life, Lord, in our right frame of mind, coming out today to worship you in one accord. Lord, we pray for this bread, which represents your broken body. Lord, we pray that everyone examines themselves and take it with clean hands and pure hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before we partake of the cup, the blood of Christ, I would like to read some words that Jesus said about himself as recorded in the book of John. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The reason the Father loves me is that I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Let us pray. Our Lord God, we thank you that you would send your Son our shepherd, and he would choose to lay down his life to sacrifice it on our behalf. As we partake of this cup, let us remember the blood that it represents. Through Christ we pray, amen.
Now we come down to a part of our service where we are commanded to give. I will be reading to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, you know, what does that really mean? Um, God does not look at how much we give, but he looks at how we give. Not only monetary, but in the form of our talents as well. We are very blessed in our congregation to have a wealth of knowledge of different occupations. We should take heed to that. You know, we should be able to give back to him what he has given to us because things could change in a matter of a moment. So we should be thankful for what he's given us and be cheerful to give back to him. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you again, giving you thanks, Lord, for the blessings that we are aware of and the many blessings that we don't even have a clue about. Lord, we're so thankful that we have this opportunity to give back to you because we know that everything we have comes from you. Yes, we have jobs. Yes, we have families, but all of that comes from you, Lord. So we should be grateful to be able to give back to you what you have so graciously, graciously given to us. We pray, Lord, that the money that we raise today will be used for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Lord, we are so blessed that we're able to give back to those that are in need. And we know that this is only through you, Lord. So thank you for giving us all that you give us each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. For Thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. For Thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, O Lord, I exalt thee, I exalt thee, I exalt Oh, 
exalted for above all gods. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth, and thou art exalted for above all God. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt Scripture reading this morning will be John chapter 6, verses 33 through 64. Again, that's John chapter 6, verse 53 through 64. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors at manna and died. But whoever feeds on this, on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. 
who can accept it. Aware that this, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before? The spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Yet there are some people who do not believe for Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. Thank you. Would you please be standing for the next song, Mighty to Save? <clears throat> Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, his rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, you can move the mountains. Lord, you are mighty to save. You are mighty to save. 
salvation. You rose and conquered the grave. Yes, you conquered the grave. Please be seated. Good morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. I am persuaded that the depth and the magnitude of God's blessings uh, cannot be measured in a tangible fashion. Uh, the Apostle Paul declares to us that the riches in Christ Jesus are unsearchable, but in our present estate, uh, our minds are constricted to tangible measures. And tangible measures, while falling far short of telling the whole story, give us some appreciation of the greatness of God's blessings. Uh, for example, God blesses us each day. Now, not only does he bless us each day, he blesses all of us each day, all day throughout the day. And all that God does and the sum of whom God is, is beyond our ability to comprehend. Thus, we walk by faith. But what we are able to see and what we are able to comprehend says to us that uh, it is God who keeps us by his care because he is the good God that he is. The psalmist declares in Psalm 127, verse 1, Except the Lord built the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman worketh but in vain. Uh, it is God who keeps us. It is God who blesses us. It is God uh, that is the reason that we are whatever it is that we are. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. Uh, on a personal note, let me say that I am grateful uh, that today marks the 34th anniversary of Sister Cook and I being married. Uh, amen. And I know uh, neither of us looks nearly old enough to have been married 34 years. Uh, but 34 years ago today uh, marks the day that we were uh, united in wedlock. I'm going to uh, agree with the declaration of wise King Solomon in Proverbs 18.22. Now, for you brothers who don't know that, uh, just to hear me refer to it, uh, that's one of the scriptures you want to memorize before you leave here. Uh, to Proverbs 18.22, I say amen and amen. We want to direct your attention this morning again to John chapter 6, the text that was read into our hearing. Uh, we want to read in particular there verse number 64. John 6, verse 64 in your Bibles but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Based on 
the words recorded by John here in John chapter 6, we want to use this morning as a subject, thank God for Judas. Now, as we uh, have been uh, looking at these uh, different individuals over the month of August, and you'll recall that the sub-theme for August is people that Jesus knew. Uh, You remember we looked at Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Mary was remembered by Jesus. Uh, We looked at the apostle Simon Peter. Peter was shaped by Jesus. Uh, We looked at two walking along the road from Emmaus, and one of those individuals is named Uh, Cleopas was comforted by Jesus. Uh, We looked at the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, the brother of James. John was loved by Jesus. And then when you hear the name Judas, I'm sure that uh, the first thing that comes to mind for all of us is that Judas betrayed Jesus. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in John chapter 6, I submit to you that the account of Judas is both ironic and tragic. It is ironic and tragic that Judas was close to Jesus in presence, but far from him in spirit. It is ironic and tragic that one who walked with Jesus is remembered in such a way that his name is synonymous with the term traitor. Uh, In fact, I I would venture some of us would almost rather be called a traitor than to be called a Judas. Judas was a problem person. One of those people that if he's around, you're not surprised that there's trouble. In light of this fact, it may seem strange to say, thank God for Judas. When we say, thank God for Judas, we say it not because Judas played a part uh, uh, in the story of our redemption that none of us would choose. Rather, it is said because of the potential that a Judas has in one's spiritual development. To say thank God for Judas is to say thank God for problem people. Now, let me see if we can set this up right. Jesus chose Judas for the same reason that he chose the other 11. Now, I know this because in Mark 3 and verse 14 and 15 in your Bibles, it says, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Judas was as much an apostle as the other 11. But Jesus used Judas according to the person that Judas demonstrated himself to be. In John 17 and verse number 12, The Bible says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, 
And none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. When we read what Jesus said, everything Jesus did for the 11, he also did for Judas. The difference was the kind of person that Judas showed himself to be. Judas betrayed Jesus. And let me just say, God's foreknowledge and ability to read the hearts of men does not remove our ability to choose. In other words, what I'm saying is God doesn't make us do anything. God didn't make Judas betray Jesus. That was a choice that Judas made. Now, it, it, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. If I say the sun will rise tomorrow morning, the fact that I have foreknowledge of that event doesn't mean that I caused it. The sun rises in the morning. Well, multiply that illustration by God's greater knowledge. God just knows who we are. And when God says what we're going to do, he doesn't make us do that. He's just able to know because he knows all that that is who we are. But I submit to you that Judas's real problem was not so much what he did. And, and let me be clear, he was dead wrong to betray the Lord. But his real problem was what he refused to do after he had done what he did. For all that Judas has some blots on his record, by no means does he have the market on sin cornered. I think Romans 3.23 still says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, but, but look at the person of Judas. Jesus called Judas a devil. In, in this very chapter, John 6, in verses 70 and 71, Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12, and one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Now, if memory serves me correctly, Jesus also called Peter Satan. Uh, you remember when uh, Peter had just made the confession, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, and then Jesus tells them uh, uh, that he's going to be betrayed and crucified. And you remember Peter says, far be, it, uh, far be it from thee, Lord, this thing shall never happen unto thee. And, and Jesus said to Satan, get thee behind, uh, said to Peter rather, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, not only did he call Peter Satan, but Peter also denied knowing Jesus three times. But you see, Peter repented and came back to the Lord. Judas is also identified as being a thief. Uh, again, here in John, in John chapter 12 and verse number six, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Now, lest we be filled with self-righteous indignation, be aware of the fact that if you've ever tried to get even with someone, or if you've ever done tit for tat, then you've stolen too, and at that from God. Uh, Romans 12, 19, 
the Bible declares that vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, God hadn't authorized any of us to take uh, our revenge, to try to get even, to do tit for tat uh, uh, to anybody. So anytime that I do that, I'm stealing what God says is his because he did not tell me that I could have it. It may be accurately stated that based on his betraying G Jesus, Judas was a backstabber. Now, dare I say that Judas was not the first or last backstabber in the history of humanity. But concerning Judas, we have this declaration from Jesus. In Matthew 26, verse 24, the son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Now, people can say a lot of things about you, but when Jesus says it had been better for you if you had not been born, then it had been better for you if you had not been born. But why would Jesus say that uh, uh, about Judas? I, I submit to you that it goes deeper than the fact that Judas betrayed him. You see, Judas resisted the grace and mercy of God. See, Judas could have been forgiven. Now, yes, he betrayed Jesus, but if you think about it, even those responsible for Jesus's death were afforded the opportunity to be forgiven. See, that's just who God is. God will forgive if we will repent and turn to him, but Judas refused to do so. But look at the people who actually uh, uh, gave their voice against Jesus. In Acts 2 and verse number 23, there Peter says, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Now notice what Peter says there. Peter is saying in so many words, this whole thing was a setup. You all know that justice was not served when you had Jesus put to death. You all knew that before you said, give us Barabbas. But then in verse 36, just in case they missed it, Peter says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. But even those folk were offered the opportunity to be forgiven. You remember they asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered, repent and be baptized. See, they could be reconciled to God. Now, they're the ones that gave their voice against Jesus. If they could be forgiven, Judas could have been forgiven too if Judas would have repented and turned back to God. I submit to you that we ought to thank God for Judas, not because he facilitated the crucifying of Christ, uh, which did open the way to salvation. We ought to thank God for people like Judas because people like Judas can be like temptation. Now, when I say that, you remember James chapter one, verses two through four. James says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptation. Now, not thankful for the temptation itself, 
but thankful for what can result from the temptation. Notice he says in verse three, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. See, a Judas can be like that temptation. Now, have you ever noticed in every group of God's people, there were always some characters in the bunch now, I know there are characters in the bunch because you and I are here, but, but there have been some character characters in the bunch. There was a Ham on the ark. There was a Korah, Dathan, and a Byram among the children of Israel. There was an Achan at Jericho. There were Ananias and Sapphira among the early Christians, and there was Judas among the twelve. Now, they weren't the only characters. They would just happen to be the ones that got caught. Uh, you know how, like, when you're riding down a, uh, a highway, the car that the policeman pulls over usually isn't the only car that was speeding. That's just the one that got caught. You know, many times you or I were right behind that person speeding, and you're just glad that they were in front because that's who the policeman will give the ticket to. But all of these individuals brought hardship to the people of God in their respective times, but their presence among the people of God was always a blessing, if only by the lessons that the people of God learned. See, God can use anybody. Uh, 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 when you read your Bibles, you see that God used Pharaoh and God used Nebuchadnezzar. God can use a murmurer, a backbiter, a rebel, I mean, you fill in the blank, but how he uses us is based on who we demonstrate ourselves to be. So the message this morning is predicated on the fact that God can use adversity, trial, and trouble to bless his children. Now, the apostle Paul declared in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 19, for there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Now, Paul wasn't advocating or condoning heretical behavior, but what he did say is that when there's a problem, it's necessary for the differences to surface so it will be known who is who. So Paul was telling the Corinthians, rather than let a, a, a problem person ruin your day. And, and let me just say, don't ever give anybody that kind of power. You know, you, you have to give them power to ruin your day. To, I mean, to where you sit at day, uh, uh, work all day frustrated, and then you go home still thinking about that person. And, and, and you talk to the people at home about how wrong that person was. And then you have trouble going to sleep at night because you still warm over how that person acts. Don't ever give somebody that kind of trouble, uh, or that kind of power rather, uh, uh, where they just on your mind like that. Uh, rather learn to approach it from, from this perspective. Thank God for Judas. Thank God for problem people because see problem people can help you mature in, in ways that good times can't. You know, good times are good times, but good times don't teach you how to have patience. See, you need a problem person to learn patience. You, you need a Judas to help you learn patience. Good times are good times, but good times don't necessarily help you mature uh, in the Lord. 
Uh, you need a problem person in your living to, to help you mature. Uh, you remember when you were little and, and you find that person that would just call you names and, and you'd go home and tell your parents about how they called you names. And maybe your parents said something like sticks and stones, or maybe they'd ask you, is that name on your birth certificate? See, but your parents taught you to be bigger than name calling, but you needed the name caller to help you be bigger. So when we say thank God for Judas, not for the problems that they cause, uh, not for the wrong that they may be doing, but thank God because Judas is gonna help me be a better person if I follow the will of God concerning this thing. When we talk about Judas, Judas can help you grow in obedience. You ever have some folk, you, you know how we talk, and boy, if I wasn't a Christian, you probably know somebody like that uh, uh, in your living. But appreciate, we ought to obey God all the time and, and not just when it's easy or convenient. Well, a Judas can present you with some unique opportunities for obedience. I, I get the impression from the gospel accounts that having Judas around tried your temper and your tongue. You know, that just having Judas around sometimes just, well, you, you, you'd have to bite your tongue and shake your head and say, Lord, give me strength. It was Judas who led the grumbling against Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, concerning the anointing of Jesus. You remember, Judas was the one who said, well, why are you wasting this stuff? Now, how is it a waste if you're anointing Jesus with it? You could have sold it for 300. Uh, now, mind you, he wasn't concerned about helping the poor. Like John said, he had the bag. See, whatever you sell it for, if I'm holding the bag, then if you sell that for something, that helps my pocket because I'm holding the bag and don't have trouble helping myself to what's in the bag. It was Judas who, as uh, uh, an old preacher used to say, had the unmitigated goal to ask, Master, is it I? You know, when I read some, I, I think that's the one that might have broke me. You know, here you are sitting at the table and your, your spirit is heavy and you're about to be crucified and, and, and you say, one of you shall betray me. And there Judas fronting, talking about, Master, is it me? You, mm, Lord, Lord, give me strength. I don't know who Jesus calls on, but you, you know, Lord Jesus, but he is Jesus. Surely... When Judas said, Master, is it me? You know, that had to challenge Colossians 3.8. You, you know Colossians 3.8, but, but, but now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. I, I suspect when G, uh, Judas asked, Master, is it I? It, it make you want to do all of those in that list. But remember... A person doesn't have to be pleasant to you to be a blessing for you. See, all blessings are not pleasant from start to finish. Some blessings are unpleasant in the experience, but profitable in the result. You remember uh, uh, Paul in Hebrews 12, verse number 11, 
He says, now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You know, sometimes we just need some exercise thereby. You know, I think about this whole COVID situation. I, I don't think there's anybody that takes pleasure in any part of it. Not in the fact that you could get sick, not in the fact that we have to wear a mask, not in the fact that we've been social distancing, uh, not in the fact that we've been safe at home. I don't know anybody that just delights in all of that. But James said, you don't have to find pleasure, uh, Paul rather, you don't have to find pleasure in the experience itself, but learn to be thankful for where the experience takes you. Some blessings are unpleasant in the experience, but profitable in the result. And guess who helps you have those kinds of experiences? It's a Judas. See, it's a Judas that's gonna try your patience. It's a Judas that's going to say something that works its way around through the grapevine and gets back to you. It's a Judas that has that contrary spirit. Judas can be a blessing in that he can help us to grow in obedience. But there is a second consideration this morning. Not only can Judas help you to grow in obedience, but Judas can help you to mature in faith. See, faith, in order to grow, must be tried by fire. In 1 Peter 1 and verse number 7 in your Bibles, Peter declares that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. See, faith sometimes needs to go into the fire. And I submit to you that there is a difference between knowing what the Bible says and living what the Bible teaches. Now, you need a Judas to help you live what it teaches. I might know what it says, uh, uh, you know, for example, what does the Bible say about our, uh, uh, we are to do to our enemies? And now, you know, even if we don't know it's Matthew 5, 44, most of us know that Jesus said, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, I submit to you, it's more challenging to live that verse than it is to memorize it. It's easier to know Matthew 5, 44, love your enemies. It's easier to say that than it is to actually love your enemies. But see, faith is like gold in that both must go into the fire to be proved. You know, if you have some item of gold, jewelry, the item you brought is not gold as it comes out of the ground. See, the item you purchased was tried in the fire so that the dross could be removed. The gold you purchased was tried gold. And if you are going to be a strong, faithful servant of the Lord Jesus, you need a tried faith. And let me say, people outside the church can't try your faith like someone in the church. See, you expect the world to be the world. Don't we say that sometime? Well, that's their problem. They're not a member of the church. Well, what happens when they are a member of the church? 
You don't think what Judas did uh, hurt Jesus? Psalm 41 verse 9 says, yea, my own familiar friend. Remember, you, you have friends and then you have friends. Jesus said, this wasn't just somebody that I knew who it was. This was one of the guys that ran in my group, one of the 12. Mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted up his heel against me. See, it takes some faith to withstand a familiar friend doing you wrong. It, it, it'll help you grow in faith when, when, when a familiar friend does something. And, and you know how we get all shocked when somebody in the church does something? I, I, I thought, well, let me help you with your thinking. Every member of the church is a self-professed sinner. And you ought not be surprised when a self-professed sinner commits sin. Because they're telling you, I'm a sinner. Look, if I lose my temper, don't be talking about Brother Cook, the preacher. No, what I'm telling you is I'm a sinner. That's why I'm here. I need Jesus. That's why I come Sunday after Sunday. That's why I signed on Zoom Sunday after Sunday, even when the pandemic was raging. I need Jesus. Well, now, if I'm telling you I need Jesus, how are you going to act surprised when I act like I need Jesus? I told you before I did it, I need Jesus. And you need Jesus too. But guess what? When we act like we need Jesus, it helps us mature in faith if we have the right mind about it. And then third this morning, see, Judas can help you grow in obedience. Judas can help you mature in the faith. But Judas can also help you to blossom in love. See, the Bible doesn't just say love one another. It says that we ought to love one another with a pure heart fervently. We ought to love one another real hard. See, we ought to love one another to the point where when you act like a Judas, I don't treat you like the Judas you are. You remember when Ju Judas said, Master, is it I? I suspect everybody but Jesus would have responded to that other than as Jesus did. You remember all Jesus said was that thou doest, do quickly. I can see if I had been there at the table, I'm like, Lord, that's all you got to say to him? You know he phony. See, just cause I know a Judas don't mean that I have to act like a Judas. Jesus has declared that the trademark of his disciples is our love for one another. John 13, verse 35, Jesus says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now, that's not if we talk about it. That's if we practice it. How will the world know that we Jesus' disciples? Well, because when a conversation about politics comes up, we may be on different sides of the political coin, but guess what? I, I, I don't start ragging you because your political ideology doesn't agree with mine. I, I don't start talking about you and make you less of a Christian because you didn't vote the way that I voted or you didn't vote the way that I think you should have voted or you don't support the candidate that I support. If we have love one to another, you still, my brother or sister, whether or not you in favor of wearing a mask, 
you still my brother or sister, whether or not you got the vaccine. Now that don't necessarily mean I might be hanging out with you close company, <laughs> but you still my brother or sister, whatever your ideology may be. The challenge is that we are called to love everyone and not just those that love us or that we want to love. In Matthew 5, 44, now you heard me reference that earlier, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Notice Jesus say, love your friends. See, because you'll just do that. You'll love your friends. Notice he said, love your enemies. Because if it's left to me, I might do a whole lot of things to my enemies, but loving them ain't going to be one of them. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And then in verse 45, Jesus gave the rationale that you may be the children of your father in heaven. Now, notice what Jesus uh, didn't say there. He didn't say just leave them alone. And if you don't say nothing to me, I won't say nothing to you and everything will be everything. He said, love your enemy. Pray for them. Just because we don't agree don't mean, and, and pray for them, not about them. You know, when you pray about somebody, Lord, could you take brother so-and-so to another congregation? <laughs> no, don't pray about them, pray for them. Help me to be more understanding. Help me to be more compassionate. Now, I think he's the problem, but help me. Pray for them. See, no one will help you live that scripture better than a Judas. Jesus loved Judas, and I know this by the way Jesus treated Judas in spite of the person that Judas showed himself to be. See, Judas wasn't a choice gone wrong. You notice what the scripture said there? Jesus knew from the beginning. Judas, I already know who you are. I'm going to give you a chance to do the right thing. Now, you're not, but I'm going to give you the chance. Now, how many of us would do that? Well, why am I going to give him a chance if I know he ain't going to do the right thing? I just save all of us a bunch of trouble and just eliminate them now. See, because Jesus loved Judas. Judas might have a whole lot of things to say in his defense, but one thing Judas can never say is Jesus treated me different. Judas can't say, uh, you know, he, he, he treated me like I was a second-rate apostle. What Jesus did for one, he did for all. But problem people can bless your living if we learn to look at it the right way. No, I ain't gonna sit home, blood pressure all up and uh, you know, so mad I can't even calm myself down enough to pray. Don't give anybody that kind of power. You know what, God, I'm thankful, not for the experience itself, but for the better person this is going to help me be as I move through it. You know, I, I'm not thankful for the pandemic itself. I wish COVID would go somewhere and sit down. You know, that's what they used to tell us when I was a kid. You need to go sit down somewhere.
But I'm grateful for what we've learned about each other, about ourselves. Grateful for the better people that this will help us to be because we had the pandemic. Grateful for blessings that I had that maybe I wasn't even consciously aware of. You know, some folk have been out of work, lost their homes, you know, having to depend on others for food. Well, Lord, I don't know why you've been merciful to me. That hadn't been my case. But you know what? It, it helped me be more appreciative of the blessings I had. Maybe it took COVID to get us to appreciate. You know what? God blesses you every day, all day long through the day. And you ought to be a good steward of the blessings you get and share them with somebody else. Maybe that's what we needed to learn. You know, we don't always learn just by you telling us uh, uh, something. Sometimes we got to go through things. Now, that's why Paul talked about chastening. You know, chastening ain't where you start. Chastening is what you do because you won't listen. If you raised in a proper house, your parents have the look. Now, you know what look I'm talking about, that look you get, which means if you keep proceeding like you're proceeding, I'm going to get physical. <laughs> My mother had that look when we were at the church building. You know, you'd be laughing, cutting up with some little friend, and she'd just give you that look. And let you know, if you don't sit there and be quiet and stop embarrassing me, I'm going to get physical with you. And you got scripture for it too. <laughs> Proverbs, in fact, the, the, the wise man warned you in Proverbs, if you don't get physical with your kid, when you get older, you're gonna live to regret it. Every now and then you need to get fit. Now I ain't saying go home and beat them up. I'm just saying every kid sometime need to rot a correction. Now that wasn't even where I was supposed to be this morning with the sermon. <laughs> get a belt and go in the hallelujah room. Now that's how you get physical with them. Now they gonna be calling on Jesus and you will too. <laughs> but thank God for Judas, for problem people, and thank God that God offers us to be reconciled to him, uh, whatever our faults may be. God offers us reconciliation in the uh, person of Christ Jesus. He requires that we hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins. We sin just like Judas did. God is willing to forgive anything. We need to hear the gospel message that Jesus died for our sins. Romans 10, 17 declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, John 8, verse 24. We must be willing to repent of sin. And this is where Judas went wrong. See, Judas did a lot of things, but he didn't repent. He felt bad for betraying Jesus. He tried to give the money back, but he wouldn't repent and return to the Lord. God requires uh, Acts 17, 30, verse 31, it commands that all men everywhere repent, but he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by Christ Jesus. We must be willing to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. 
and then be baptized in water for the remission of sins. We read there in Acts 2, even the people who put Jesus to death were given the opportunity to be forgiven. When they asked men and brethren, what shall we do in verse 38, Peter responded, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we go down into the waters of baptism, God washes away our sins by the blood of Christ Jesus and dwells us with his spirit and he adds us to the church. You know why he does all of that? Because we sinners, we needed help before Jesus and we still need help after Jesus. He requires that we live obediently. Ephesians 4.1 declares that we ought to walk worthy of the vocation which, which we have been called. That means we learn to thank God for Judas as opposed to murmuring and complaining about him. Perhaps you're listening on one of the social media outlets or you're here in our audience this morning. You wanna be baptized into Christ Jesus. If you're listening on our social media outlets, we bid you reach out to our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. If you're here in our audience, then we bid you to come as we stand and sing the song of invitation. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done, Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Please be seated. Thank you, Brother Ricky, that uh, wonderful sermon regarding forgiveness and how it's extended to all of us should we take advantage of it. And while we face challenges in that process, uh, challenging situations and challenging people, 
perhaps. Uh, it's helpful to remember that sometimes we have a challenging situation or people. Thank you once again, Brother Rick. A few uh, prayer requests and announcements this morning. Uh, I, uh, first of all, would like for you to remember Sister Ruby still uh, isn't feeling well. So if you remember her in prayer, uh, we have a request from Sister Arnetta, a close friend of hers, daughter, uh, would like prayers for her regarding her health and her return to the gospel. We had a, a wonderful bit of news and experience uh, last week uh, at the end of the uh, service, uh, before the uh, commencement of the uh, uh, Spanish uh, service, speaking service, Brother Alexander Mencia, uh, we welcomed him into the family. And so it was a wonderful experience to have a baptism uh, at the, as the beginning of that service. Sister Deanna Cook, a prayer for Thanksgiving for the Lord's blessing us being able to celebrate 34 years. So Sister Deanna remembered that as well, Brother Ricky. Um, and also for blessing our youngest granddaughter, Kayla, got it right, uh, to be able to celebrate her seventh birthday. Sister Dakota Russell, uh, pray for an associate of hers for comfort and uh, relatives and relatives uh, due to the loss of their hus her husband. Sister Deanna Cook, another notification. My pray for her, my family as we grieve the death of my uncle Bill from New Jersey. Please pray especially for his children, grandchildren, and also pray for Sister Julia, 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 excuse me, Davis, as she suffers the loss of her husband, Steve, due to COVID-19. Brother Carl Womble, like us to remember Brenda Hornady. Uh, she has recently been diagnosed with stage one lung cancer. Would you go with me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, you know these uh, needs that have been presented today. You understand exactly what is required and what is needed in this situation. You have the power, the awesome power to heal, to comfort, to change an outcome, Heavenly Father based upon your will. All things will be done. And so we present these petitions in humility with the request that they may be met. We also, Heavenly Father, pray for the recent service members, families that lost their lives in Afghanistan. There are so many things that are happening, Heavenly Father, going on in this world. We pray for those that who have been impacted by the storm in Tennessee, the earthquake and hurricane in Haiti, the fires that are impacting our western part of our country, as well as around the world. 
flooding in China, the current hurricane either, Heavenly Father, and its potential in fact. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for those who have been impacted by what we call COVID-19 and its emerging variants. There is so much that is happening in this world. Help us to hold steadfast to you. Find comfort in your word and be a comfort to each other. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. A few announcements. Uh, once again, uh, we ask you in just a moment, we are going to proceed with uh, a special event. Uh, I will let Brother Michael, uh, well, maybe I'll steal a little bit of the thunder. We have a special uh, installation that is to take place uh, this morning. Uh, we will proceed with that uh, as soon as I finish uh, this announcement. Uh, want to remember a few other things. Brother Dell Meadows uh, put an email out uh, that teachers are still needed for various age groups. Uh, Sister Diane Three regarding Bible study for the ladies as well as the ladies book club, which will start in September. If you would like a book or you'd like to have some information about that, uh, get in touch with Sister Diane. Uh, Brother Kevin Colwell notified us. He had gotten an email that the Main Street Festival, which was due for October, has been canceled, possibly taking place in May of next year. So we want to remember that. Uh, also, uh, some uh, it's been a, a wonderful thing. Sister Patrice continues to send, send the Medline notices each week. Been very helpful. You want to uh, keep an eye on that. The food pantry continues to operate, still need help. We still are doing our outreach. Uh, you may recall that a few weeks ago, uh, we had a visitor from the Church of Christ Relief Fund, uh, who was to disaster fund, <laughs> uh, uh, who spoke uh, to us about the efforts that we as a congregation continue to support. However, that's not the only one that we continue to support around the world. Uh, so remember, if you can, uh, those efforts uh, throughout the week, as well as the other items that have been placed in the bulletin. At this point, I will turn it over to Brother Michael. Thank you, Brother Vaughn. Good morning, church family and guests, and those that are listening uh, during the social media sites, Facebook and Zoom. Uh, this morning, uh, we want to install Brother Bruce Robbins as a deacon here at Laurel. So we're gonna ask Brother Bruce to come up. Uh, thank you, Sister Pat, for uh, being a part of this effort as well. Uh, earlier this um, uh, month, Bruce had voiced uh, interest in being a deacon here at Laurel. So we definitely thank him for his willingness uh, to step up and be a part of the leadership here. I know him and Sister Pat have been doing a lot of efforts regarding building and grounds uh, here at Laurel. So I suspect that will continue so, uh, you know, we didn't get any uh, scripture objection uh, to Bruce being a deacon here at Laurel. We're going to ask uh, Brother Alan Pratt in a moment to read scripture for us. First Timothy chapter three, verses eight through 13, which talks about the qualifications uh, for deacons. And then we're going to ask uh, Brother Steve Thornton 
to pray on behalf of Brother Bruce, his family, and also the other deacons in their ministries. And I ask the church to continue to support their efforts. We thank you for praying for all of us and supporting us in those efforts. So Brother Allen, I'm gonna have you to read 1 Timothy chapter three. Starting at verse eight. In the same way, deacons are be worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep troops of the faith with a clear conscience. They must be first tested. And if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, the women are be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and manage his children and his household well. Those who have gained those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Brother Allen. Let's see. Let me say, first of all, there are some things that we do as elders that we're not happy about, but we do it because it's necessary. There are other things that we do that the church very seldom hears about because we're doing them behind the scenes, but it's helping the church to move forward. But there are many things that give us joy and great joy. And I must admit that this morning, this is one of the things that is giving me great joy to say a special blessing for our brother Bruce, who's going to join the leadership here as a deacon. And I'm delighted to do this. And I just want the church to know that we as elders are always looking for more deacons, always looking for more elders. You feel it, that you have a call in that area, talk to us and we'll see what we can do to help you fulfill that desire. Let, let us right now humbly bow in prayer. Dear Lord, our most gracious Heavenly Father, glory be to your name for now and evermore. Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you for having a plan for us that will enable us to live a better life on this earth and be prepared to spend an eternity with you and the saints that have been called and saved. Father, we as elders try to shepherd the flock here, but we need good workers to fulfill a number of missions that are just too much for us to handle at the same time as what we're trying to do for the flock as a whole. And here today, we have Brother Bruce Robbins that has agreed that he is ready to serve as one of the deacons to assist in the efforts we have here at Laurel and moving this church closer to the ideal that you have indicated to us through your holy word, the Bible. Father, help us always to understand that when you give us challenges like this, it's because we have the liberty that you have given us, the freedom from sin, the freedom from some of the cares of what is my life going to be? 
because we have a great hope that many people do not have. Father, be with Bruce and Patrice as they go through following days, weeks, months, years, hopefully decades, that they will be uplifted by the things that they are doing and that we will be appreciative of everything that they are doing in addition to what they have done before. Help us not to work them to death, but help us to give them meaningful work and be appropriately appreciative of what they do because we are all trying to work in accordance with your will, Father. We thank you for the glory that we are looking forward to, but most of all, Father, we thank you for your plans, your son, Jesus, the Christ, who is our door into the heavenly blessings. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within us as a, a living reminder of Jesus' blessings to us and an encourager for us to maintain our faith and in whose name that we pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, and is interpreted by the great Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Amen. I've been vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I ask now that if you're able, uh, please stand for our closing hymn and our closing prayer. And as I'm always mindful, let us continue to stay focused on Jesus. And remember our mission, to save souls for Christ and to keep those souls saved. Thank you. Start out with just the sopranos. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the blind say, I can see. It's what the Lord has done in me. Everyone. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the blind say, I can see. It's what the Lord has done in me. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus died and rose again into the river I will wade. There my sins are washed away from the heaven's mercy stream of the Savior's love for me. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb that was slain. 
aside and rose again. I will rise from waters deep into the saving arms of God. I will sing salvation songs. Jesus Christ has set me free. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus died and rose again. Hosanna, Hosanna to the Lamb that was slain. Hosanna, Hosanna, Jesus died and rose again. Before we have our closing prayer, I ask that you consider these words Found in the book of Proverbs by Solomon. Never let loving devotion or faithfulness leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Let us pray together. Our Lord God, we thank you for this time that you have allowed us to come together. It's our prayer that everything that's been said and done here has been done in spirit and in truth and is well-pleasing with thee. Please help us to take all your words, help them to apply them to our lives throughout the week, and return us together to meet again. Through Christ we do pray. Amen. Amen.